Did they make the oh, I don't, I don't know. It's pretty close, but this is going to be a tag race. Look at this. Moves wow. out to win it. Carl Edwards bumping, dump, and run. Here comes Gordon right up to the bumper again. The bump and run. There it is. Ah, uh, yeah, welcome to the Bumper Run Podcast. I'm your host, Michael D.Y., joined by my two best friends, Matt the Statman Riley and Eric Daytona Ron. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Hope you guys had yourselves a Kevin Harvick type of weekend. I didn't even have to change my sheet for this week. The winner was the same going back to back this time in Richmond. And we have a, a great podcast set up for you. Of course, we got NASCAR news, our race review, our checkers and wreckers, our pickle lane debates, and of course, our weekly betting segments. Uh, we're heading to a road course. I think you know who I'm going to pick at the end of the day. Well, we'll get to that uh, a little later on the show. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, do all that fun stuff available every uh, Monday night, Spotify, Stitcher, all those places, bumpandrunpod.com and YouTube every Tuesday morning, fellas. How was your weekend? I saw Daytona Ron on Saturday. Matt, how was how was living the dad life uh, this weekend? Good, man. I'm getting starting to get a hang of it. I think. Yeah. So think. so babies progress pretty quick at this point, right? Like, what what point is like two weeks? Can it move its head and stuff, or is it like he moves his head a little bit, but uh, he'll um, he won't really have full like function. Like he still has to like hold his head up and everything like that for for a little bit longer. I don't know. I'm just kind of going, going at it day by day. He's um, the sleeping is getting a little better, a little better, but yeah. like we still, you know, we're still up every couple hours in the middle of the night, but it's all part of it, I guess. Can I I'm t- actually kind of used to it by now. Like the, the lack of sleep, believe it or not, like your body kind of catches up to it. You start just running on fumes and like, you're like, I could do this. Some power on the line. I've, uh, I've, I've, um, you've entered I'm like the, the fight or flight. Coffees. I'm on the afternoon coffees now. That never was a thing. It was always, I always kept my coffees for the morning time, but now like an afternoon coffee is a necessity. You're doubling up. You got to, uh, you got to keep it rolling as, as well as you can. You know, um, the thing with kids, the head thing that always scares the shit out of me. Uh, little fun fact. Uh, my brothers had two kids. I've never held them when they were babies. I've never held a baby because I'm afraid that I'm going to do it wrong. Like, I don't even, like, I can't even hold the cat the right way. Like, I feel like I pick up cats wrong all the time. Like, don't even put a baby in my hand, you know? So, so you'd be surprised on how many of our relatives are, like, hesitant or downright refuse to hold the baby just because of the same reason. Like, man, they're fragile. But, like, before this, before this kid came along, like, I never held a baby, like, ever. So, like. Two weeks ago, they hand him to me when he's first born. I'm like all like cradling him and everything. Now I'm like walking around with him in my forearm and like just like <laughs> waving him around. You'll be like, like that guy at the ballpark holding your kid and catching a catching a foul catching ball. A with a beer can, in your hand. I'm, confident, <laughs> I'm confident I could do that. Nice. As a matter That's of fact, where that dad power comes in, man. Right there. Fact, That's where dad come power over, comes in. Come over tomorrow. I'm gonna hold the kid in one hand. You just start throwing footballs at me. Let's see how good this can go. <laughs> How about you, Eric? How was your weekend? I saw you Saturday night, uh, a little cookout action. But uh, other yeah, we, than had that- a, we had a hell of a time on Saturday night there uh, at the Birdie Compound, little cookout down there. Luke's dad came back from Florida, um, so he hasn't seen the boys in a little while. So we went over there and uh, we tied one on Saturday night, had ourselves a, a good time out in Luke's backyard. Um, then Sunday, um, didn't didn't plan on it, but it was one of those like things that just organically happens where um, you know people's oh coming up to your house to watch the race. So uh, we watched it in the garage again, and um, 
you know, it, it was a little different experience this run around with everyone in the garage. And um, I'll get to that a little bit later on. But uh, overall, it was a great weather weekend here in Northeast. Oh, so, uh, it was. to be outside as, as much as we could this weekend. Just, um, you know, we had a we had a we had a bad, bad heat wave come through here. So it was nice to have the temperatures get down into the 60s at night, open up the windows and uh, the sleep has been great. Eric, it's starting. We're getting closer and closer. It's starting to become football weather outside. Oh yeah, you could sense it. You could yeah. I can feel it in my bones. It's getting football weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw. I saw preseason footballs back too. And uh, Matt, your teams are doing your no, team. No, we're things. not going to talk about it. We're uh, not going to talk about. But no, I agree. I, I took advantage of the weather to finally cut the grass. Cut the grass for the first time in like two months because everything's just been dead. Uh, and then my girlfriend went to cut her grass and realized. You remember earlier on in the summer, we couldn't get it started. I had to rebuild the carburetor, yeah. had to do it all over again. Miserable, miserable Saturday doing that. But I uh, got the, I cut the grass later on after that. I got that all done. And then I power washed the house. Felt like a man got those sidewalks extra clean. Um, but Wait, now- you said it yesterday in the Snapchat and you're right. There's certain things that you do as a man. That's just like, man, I feel like. I feel a little extra manly. Today. Oh yeah. Power yeah. washing is definitely one of them. Yeah. There's just something about it. You know what also made me feel like an old man though? My back today from bending over and oh, hunching over. Oh my goodness. Was it in rough shape? Uh, not as rough as I felt watching this race though. We'll get right into it, but let's jump into the NASCAR news. Not a whole lot to talk about in terms of the amount of stories, but some pretty big stories. Uh, one of the worst kept secrets in NASCAR, Noah Gregson moving up up from Xfinity series uh, into the 42 car replacing Ty Dillon at that petty GMS uh, next year in 2023. What do you guys think about that? Especially you, Eric, I want to know how you feel uh, considering now Noah Gregson's going to be one of your uh, teammates. Well, first off, let me just start with uh, <laughs> thank you for your service. Ty Dillon, you made the beginning <laughs> of this season. One of the most <laughs> Fun beginnings of a season ever because you came in here like it was a you were a wrecking ball. You oh, were yeah. everybody. He was a fight at all times with Ty Dillon. Oh, Ty God. Dillon was the most entertaining thing at the Bush Clash. Oh. Like it, it was he phenomenal. Still, he still is. He had some. He had some run-ins he yesterday. Had, he had some decent <laughs> runs. And like you know, I I have to give him credit for kind of. Maybe rubbing off a little bit of that on Eric Jones, who is more of a timid not really outgoing aggressive driver he kind of you know tends to just stick to driving and that's it and and i've noticed this year a little bit more um you know enthusiasm in 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 eric jones a little bit and i think maybe a little bit of ty's uh style rubbed off so noah stepping in for that um i think he fills those shoes perfectly um i think he's going to be good for the sport i think he's going to be good for the team um, the more eyes on somebody like that, that is generating it for himself. Um, that's just going to help the team in general. That's going to sponsors are going to see that. And they're gonna be like, Ooh, I want this guy. He's going to get the clips. Yeah. He's going to get the content that we need to sell our product. And he's going to do it without even knowing he's doing it. So for that aspect, um, great for uh, a teammate in that, in that uh, regard and talent. He, he he deserves it. Um, I, I really do believe this is his shot, whether um, he takes full advantage of it and, you know, really hunkers down and maybe takes it a little bit 
a little bit more serious. I mean, there's times to flash his personality, but um, you know, those first couple years in Cup really test your mental stability and really test you as a person to see if you belong in the sport or not. And you know, we'll see if the uh, if the Cup Series spits him up and chews him out, or if he, uh, you know, if he makes it. And I think Eric Jones, being that almost veteran already. Um, it's a good help for him too. Um, that, that calmness, maybe that presence of like a, cause I think he learned it from Kenseth in a way um, to really know how to take care of your equipment. And I think he'll be a good role model, even though they're almost the same age. Um, Noah and Eric, I think yeah. I could see them being a, a dynamic duo. Yeah. Jones definitely has that cup experience to kind of help Noah lead him along the way. And I think, uh, I think Noah has that, that, personality maybe to uh to rub off on eric jones and and create some waves and, and like you said get those clicks and the for the clips on on right. twitter and instagram and all that stuff i like the move too uh one thing i was nervous about though right now eric jones's uh current crew chief is noah gregson's old crew chief at junior motorsports but uh they said nothing's gonna change there uh jones is keeping his crew chief and i think they're doing a really good job together and uh you know like i i just think as long as they're just together, you know, you'll start getting more, you'll see more and more results. Kind of like what we're seeing now with Jones near the end of this season. Like he looked really good on Sunday until he got caught up in that wreck too. You know, like he's right, been on like, a really good those, stretch. You, you need that consistency. Like once Harvick and Rodney Childers started working together and they meshed and you could tell like they're together forever. So you develop that, Um, you know, in, in the last three years, you know, you bump around from especially going from uh, Gibbs and then Toyota to Chevy like you're you don't have that, you know, consistent consistency in in that ear and that voice that you're hearing all race long. And, and you know, that that is a huge part of this sport of NASCAR is the comfort that your crew chief gives you and being able to break it down and him understanding you. And um, I'm glad to see that they are bringing him back because I saw I mean, it, it, it leaps and bounds above last year. Um, what they did in that 43 car this year. So I'm excited to see, uh, you know, um, not, not that, no, not like I said, nothing against Ty, but uh, to have a competitive teammate uh, will be very interesting because Noah has run well in the cup in that 16 car and the part-time rides that he has, um, you know, raced. He, he showed some, some flashes in the cup car. So uh, I'm excited. Now, Matt, on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, being a junior motorsports fan, how do you feel about losing Noah Gragson in the Xfinity series? You know, he, he's an excellent talent. You know, he's, he's obviously he's winning races this year. He brings eyeballs to, to junior motorsports because, you know, he, he, he says what he wants to, he's always in the news for doing or saying something. He's exciting to watch whether you agree with his racing style or not. You know, I think he has the chance, call me crazy, maybe not next year, but give him two or three years. I think he has the chance to be another Ross Chastain type guy in the, NASCAR Cup Series, yeah. uh, where he's aggressive, he's gonna beat and bang. You're gonna see him rub some guys the wrong way with the with the style of racing that he yeah. does. But you know what? He takes risks, and at the end of the day, it may win him races. Uh, as as Eric said, and as we all know, as racing fans, G, uh, Petty GMS is 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 obviously heading in the right direction right now as an, as an organization as far as competitiveness on on the uh, on, on the track. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I mean. Eric Jones, he's threatening a win. As a matter of fact, I've got a stat that I'm going to keep. You guys are probably going to hear me refer back to a few times in this in this episode. Um, I was I was poking around, um, and I found some a really interesting site called uh, DriverAverages.com, 
And um, I was looking at like, what have you done for me lately? Right. So I went back uh, the last 15 races, which puts us back to the Bristol dirt race on Easter Sunday. And I was looking at Eric Jones specifically, you know, he's got, as far as full-time drivers, he's got the best average finish in the last 15 races at a 16.2. He's got, that makes sense. Super consistent. You know, he's got six top tens in the last 15 races, which is tied with Kyle Busch, Daniel Suarez, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, and Ryan Blaney. If I'm Eric Jones or Eric, if I'm you and I'm lumped in with that group of drivers, I'm super thrilled with where he is right now. So you look at a guy like, like, uh, like Noah Gregson coming into that organization. And uh, I think it's a super exciting time. And then, you know, to kind of, I know I kind of went into the weeds there to answer your original question about how I feel about junior motorsports. Uh, I think there's a lot of top, I think there's a lot of good talent in the truck series and maybe they can, they can poach someone in the Xfinity series to come over that, that nine car is like their, their, um, their number 18 and Joe Gibbs racing, if you will, you know, yeah. their, that nine car is the premier car of junior motorsports. So I think they're gonna, they're gonna wait. They're going to find the right candidate and uh, they're going to put someone who, who really deserves that ride in that seat. Yeah, I just uh, I hope Petty GMS gives Noah the time to develop. I feel like Noah Gregson's always a slow burn type driver. You know, he's struggling right now running part time in the Cup Series, but everyone's going to struggle running part time. Like you're just you're not getting enough seat time in that that Cup car. Um, And I think like as the season goes next year, you'll start seeing him uh, get better and better. Or I could be completely off and he could be uh, running for the, the finish line right at right out of the gate. I don't know. We'll see what happens uh, in 2023 in Daytona. should be pretty interesting. Another guy that they're letting uh, develop for sure. Bubba Wallace, he just signed a multi-year extension with 2311. Not sure how many years, but I know a little job security is always great uh, for the mindset of a driver. Of course, uh, Bubba didn't have the greatest weekend uh, this week, but he's been on a a pretty good tear the last couple weeks. So, uh, Matt's been saying he feels a bubble win coming before the end of the season. So I, do. I, uh, I feel like getting that contract signed up will, uh, will help further that to kind of just put your mind at ease. Uh, how do you guys feeling about that? Just, I just, you know, it's one of those things I feel like it's kind of expected, you know? Well, Bubba, I, I mean, I, I think I texted this to you guys earlier as we were talking um, about this, when we found out he was being extended was that, Eric Jones going to the 43 made me dig a little bit deeper into that organization and how they were run. And we kind of all figured out what was going on there. Yeah. And until Mari Gallagher, you know, stepped in and, and it became uh petty GMS, um, that team was not running to win races at all. That was just to generate a profit for the investors that were in there. Yeah. And I felt bad for Eric Almarola, Bubba Wallace, those 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 drivers that were in that car stood absolutely no chance at winning a race back then because the team and the organization, yeah, the, you know, they were just blowing smoke up their ass saying, yeah, every week we're going to try to be competitive, this and that. They were doing what they had, but there was no money resources. They they just didn't they didn't care to grow or get better. So um, I think Bubba kind of got screwed in 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 a sense, and and it wasn't a fair evaluation of his talent being in that car. So, um, you know, we're seeing now, and, and as of lately, he, um, I think he definitely deserves a, uh, a second go around and an extension to see what he can further do. Um, and, and from this point forward, like I just kind of 
I'm looking at him in this 23 car as like, this is his rookie stint in the cup because that other stuff was just, there was no chance. It's it's like running around for a back marker. You know, it's like, it's like Corey LaJoy. You'll never know what kind of talent Corey LaJoy is because he's always been in a spire or a go fast car. Like just the money's not there, you know? Uh, and now Bubba's in that situation and, and you see him evolving. You see him getting better as, as the year goes on too. So I, uh, I think, I think it's a good move for him. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens next year and the year following with, uh, him as a, a Tyler Reddick teammate, you know, maybe they'll elevate each other. Um, and then another piece, I didn't even realize he's, uh, in talks right now. Daniel Suarez says he's close to a contract extension with track house racing, uh, I didn't realize his uh, contract was already up this year, but uh, it makes sense. I, I, I'm assuming they'll come to terms with a deal. Uh, they seem to be pretty happy with each other. What are you guys thinking about me amigo and uh track house uh, getting close to inking a deal here? Much deserving. He's proven that time and time again this year. Yeah. Keep, yeah. Keep the momentum going. Why change anything up? There's obviously a special bond there and uh, I think they need to keep that intact. Just a, another guy, I think, just needed some time to uh, to develop. You know, he got brought up to the Cup Series super quick. And he was in that Joe Gibbs uh, uh, pipeline where they kind of just young guys get chewed up and spit out real quick. He went over to SHR, didn't really stand a chance coming into there and then and got bou- bounced around a couple times. Uh, I, I think it's great, though, that he has a, a place that seems to appreciate his his racing style and, and his uh, his racing craft. But uh, that's all I have for NASCAR news. I have a little NASCAR history for you guys. Um, Monday, June 19th at Pocono. I know what you're saying. Why are you bringing up Pocono? Well, you'll understand in a second. It's the final lap, and Dale Earnhardt is in the lead on the final turn of the last lap. Jeremy Mayfield would pull a move that made Dale Earnhardt infamous. The bump and run. Mayfield moved Earnhardt. Why do I bring this up when we're coming out of Richmond? Well, before yesterday, that was the last time that the Mobile One Pegasus logo was in victory lane until yesterday, Kevin Harvick brought it back to victory lane. And you know what the Pegasus is a symbol of? speed and power that's according to google i thought that was pretty cool but uh that little fun fact was pointed out by john wise rowdy nats on twitter he said it before harvick won too he goes if kevin harvick wins today i think this will be the first time that the pegasus has been in victory lane since since jeremy mayfield at pocono so i thought that was pretty cool and what do you guys think about that very interesting i didn't realize that Good old paint scheme, uh, paint scheme history there. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I need. I he ran that. Harvick ran that paint scheme before too. Um, earlier in the season. Yeah, I remember it was a sharp looking car. I forget where he ran it. Um, but yeah, no, good to uh, you know, good to see uh, some some old school uh, Pegasus back in victory lane. Yeah, I thought it was super interesting too. It's like, man, how do you even remember that? Like, like I wouldn't even, I wouldn't be able to pick out oh, like, that, oh, like all that things, logo. Yeah, I have. Such a hard time remembering stuff like that, dude. There's not a prayer I would remember that. And uh, that was a beautiful looking car. I know uh, our buddy, uh, your cousin Shrey, is looking forward to buying yet another uh, race win diecast. He's probably bought just as many diecasts as I have this year. And I have, uh, 
I have about eight on pre-order right now. It's getting Are a little ridiculous. Are you lost sleeping out in the shed with the <laughs> animal? <laughs> no, 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 not yet, not yet. That is uh, not where he's leaving them. No, no. no. Okay, all right. <laughs> but his wife might start making him sleep outside that big old fire pit <laughs> he made. That'll keep him warm at night. But that's what I have for NASCAR history. You guys want to jump right into the race weekend at Richmond? Uh, we had no. truck. We had truck no, race. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, no, we don't. <laughs> we can talk about Watkins Glen next week if you want. Um, uh, all right, heading to Watkins Glen. We're heading to wine country uh, on Sunday. No, uh, we were down in Richmond. There was a truck race Saturday. Me and Eric, we didn't get to see it. We were uh, we were out in the uh, the backyard partying at Luke's house. How about you, Matt? Did you catch any of it at all? I think it was like a late one, wasn't it? When was it? Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah, it started at eight, I think. I'm guessing was, you didn't see it any of it. Saturday. It was Saturday night, yeah, eight o'clock. It started. I no, I was at um, no, uh, uh-uh, I was at my in-laws' house. Well, you didn't miss much because Chandler Smith led twice for a hundred and sixty or a hundred and seventy-six laps. The only other person to lead more than one lap was Ty Majeski, and uh, there was only three leaders in that race. Jeff Gluck tweeted on Saturday night, "Quote." That was indeed a race that occurred. And uh, I took that as uh, I don't have to go back and watch the highlights. Oh, you of that know what one. I did? You know what I did? So we did get home. We got home, I don't know, whatever, maybe nine o'clock, eight, nine o'clock. And uh, she was taking care of the baby. And uh, I did, I might have watched like a couple laps. And I literally said to myself, I'm not wasting my time with this. And then I put on UFC Fight Night. There you go. But much better, uh, much better time use right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I remember I asked Whitey, I'm like, oh, Whitey, I'm like, man, the trucks are on the night. I go, I go, I go, what time's the truck? I go, put the trucks on. You go, it's already 10 o'clock. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I went to, I went to put it on. I go, oh, but the race, the race is over. Chandler Smith won. <laughs> but uh, it was a good Saturday night uh, hanging out by the, uh, the fire there. Um, and then it was a good Sunday. If you're a Kevin Harvick fan, he led two times for 55 laps. Bad Sunday if you're a Joey Logano fan. I think he should have won that race. Three hours, three minutes, 27 seconds. Felt like six hours to me. Uh, Five cautions for 28 laps. 16 lead changes among nine different drivers. Uh, Most of those were on uh, pit road and pit strategy lead changes. Uh, Kevin Harvick, Christopher Bell, Christopher Busher, James Hamlin, and Chase, or no, William Clyde Elliott, uh, your top five. Two blocks. No, William Clyde Elliott, not Slick. Oh, I heard William. I'm sorry. I'm bouncing around screens here. It's because I said Christopher and James. I wanted to throw in the proper name for Chase there. Uh, that's right. That's his name. William, William Clyde, right? Something like that. Anyways, uh, I thought it was a snooze fest. Um, we'll reflect that in our race grades. Uh, Matt, you, you looked at the Jeff Gluck poll. Oh. You look, am I blowing out? Can you guys hear yeah. me? Wow. That, I think I need to replace my cable. I apologize Better. for that. Better. You saw that Jeff Gluck poll though, didn't you? Yeah. So what was it the last time you checked it? It was I checked what time were what time did I send that over to you guys this morning? Probably nine, nine thirty in the morning. I and it was like sixty three. Like, it was at like I think it was higher than that. I think it was like eighty three percent yes or something like that. I could check again. Is that what you want me to do? No, I just want to know. Uh apparently a lot of people liked it. Uh all three of us did not. Uh let's jump into the race grades though. 
Uh, we'll start with Eric. He watched it in the garage with some of our buddies. How did you take okay. in the race on Sunday? Well, I was given Richmond a clean slate in my mind. I was giving it um, a fresh opportunity to um, reel me into the TV and keep me there. Yeah. Um, I know how, you know, if you listener of this show, we kind of shit on Richmond quite a bit. And, um, you know, I kind of tried to not let that creep into my head on Sunday to watch the race. And um, I really, really genuinely was excited for this race. Um, my buddy Colin was coming up. He's a true X fan, you know, a lot on the line, excited, you know, see what he could do. And it just it didn't it didn't even reel me in, let alone keep me glued to the TV. Yeah. Um, and. I gave it a D um, just because I've watched a lot of races in my garage this year. Um, quite a few actually. And with a very, you know, diverse group of people, different people and some of the same every week. And I kind of like seeing their reactions every Sunday. It kind of gives me an inclination of like where the sport is and how exciting a certain track is to people that aren't, us yeah. um, kind of nerds of the sport, if you want to say, and, and as devoted as we are, um, and you could get a general sense of what tracks do put on just a good show, great entertainment for anybody that's watching. And man, on Sunday, nobody like, no, like there was, none of us were like excited to watch it. Like we, like I sometimes like, will try to take a dull race and explain it to them. Like what is going on? And like, why this is going on and like it just like here's the I, little details that make it yeah, exciting that you it, might it not see a strategy like it wasn't a strategy race or wasn't a strategy race was it a fuel race or wasn't like there's just everything that normally richmond is it almost was like a little bit of every single one of those things which made it just like a a boring blah and just background noise like i think we found ourselves like just having on the background, like I think we ended up playing cards or something like as we were there and it was just like, what is, what's going on? It was, you know, just the overall vibe of the garage was down this week as well. And it yeah. was just like, that was weird to feel. And um, we all went into it excited. Obviously I wanted to bust, you know, Colin about Truex and see what he had to do. And that battle wasn't even there. Um, I don't know, just an overall, just uh, a, a disappointing day at Richmond. It, it just did not keep us uh, glued to the TV and, and, and our ass in our seats. So um, I, I was disappointed. How about you, Matt? Uh, are you feeling the same? Yeah, I, I gave it a C minus. I, I had it as a D actually all the way up until I started doing my race my or my show prep. And I actually thought I was being too harsh. So I actually bumped it up to a C minus. But you know what? Daytona Ron gave it a D. That was my original grade. I'm also giving it a D. Uh, this race was really, really boring. And I, I hope I'm not, we're not turning people off. Like if, if we have any first time listeners to this episode, yeah, we're not a negative group of guys. We really, really aren't. I promise you, but this race stunk. Now to tie a bow on the question that you asked me about Gluck's poll, Jeff Gluck, Jeff Gluck's poll. Was this a good race? 70% of of the the voters um disagree with us they said it was a good race yeah that's 34 a little over 3400 people voted on that poll um i don't know i just 
it had its brief moments here and there, but overall I thought it stunk. I thought there was very little in, in way of drama. There was no shootout to the, to the finish line. Uh, the, the little bit of a shootout that we saw with Christopher, Christopher Bell gaining on, on Harvick at the end didn't really matter, especially if you were paying attention to what Junior said with five to go. He's like, he flat out stated like, He's like Christopher he can't Bell tra- is not going to catch Harvick in time. This race is over. And I can imagine like if I'm a producer at NBC, I'm probably having a conversation with Junior now. Like, hey, listen. Like we got to keep these people hooked for five more laps. Like don't right. say it's over, you know? Right, right, right. Because I noticed that. I'm like, no, he's right though. Like you look at the time. He if can't we catch him. If we had two or three more laps in that race, like we might have had ourselves yeah. a hell of an ending to that race. But that's just not the way the cookie crumbled. Um, and then I don't know, like it just wasn't, it just wasn't like, I, I don't know. I try not to be negative. Like I said, but we've seen this far too often with Richmond. Um, you know, I was told that this might be a fuel strategy race. It wasn't, no. I was told tires would be an issue yesterday. They weren't. I mean, there uh, was tire I, wear, but it wasn't like, yeah, but it you wasn't didn't like, see a whole massive fall off where people were battling with worn tires between each other. Like it was kind of just, that's what makes a strategy race. Yeah. It's kind of just like whoever could pick the with, quickest, with the, you know, one goes with the other. Yeah. I'm going to make a declaration. Richmond is dead. Richmond is dead. Enough. <laughs> like, dude, Good game. You guys Rest in it peace. Out last year to me, I used to I get so. Like, why do people hold it in such regard? Is it because like, of the history? Like, it's just because it's been around a long time. Like, is no, that like? I think it used to produce really good racing, especially that night race, like in the two thousands. Right, but if like it's Tony not Stewart anymore, winning. like I just don't understand why we're holding on to it and like treating it like it's like this, you know, th- this huge monumental race that like right. it, it just it hasn't been producing. So like. I don't know. I'm in that mentality of what have you done for me now? And it's like, like, I don't, I think Pocono has done more now recently, yeah. you know, than, than, than a lot of these tracks that we keep going back to and get trying to give it a chance. And it just, I don't know, like Richmond just, it, it I, I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't produce the, the, the top. There wasn't even multiple grooves. Like the top was the dominant line like you were on the bottom you had to slow down way too much and the runs that people were getting on the top i guess now that i look back is they were cool you could get a run on the top side but like if you had two guys in front of you you were gonna you either had to let up and or smash into the back of them so you couldn't really use the run because the bottom you had to stay up there and then i, I don't know it just richmond like for got- some reason they hold on to it yeah, and they've got these two dates, and we don't know what what the twenty twenty three schedule looks like yet. But I can almost guarantee you, Richmond's still going to have two dates next oh, year. Oh yeah, probably. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Hopefully, they give that date to, to a different track. You know, no offense to the great people of I'm sure the great people of Richmond, but but like there's tracks like Eric said, like like I know we're biased. I know we're biased, but like Pocono, like Dover, like Homestead. We have nothing to do with Homestead, and Homestead puts on great racing. I would love to see a second race at Homestead. Yeah, I would love uh, to see tracks it. like that. Like, I think deserve a second date over Richmond. Like, like, like Eric said, like, is it the, is it the history? What is it? Like we, at some point we've got to say enough is enough and let's move on. Well, I mean, I thought Richmond one was better than this one because the actual strategy started to play. You were able to see the actual strategies playing out. The tires you were at the, you could, you could follow it. And like, I know Moody, uh, Dave Moody on, on Twitter was like, Oh, like, you had like you may said like yeah you, it was a strategy race you had to follow it but 
you had to fall with like a little bit more than you normally do. Like, dude, like, no, like it was the strategy just wasn't when you just have to get like the first when, one. Like when you have to when you have to watch a race that closely. Now, we all watch every single race of or every single lap of every single race cup race. We, we watch it intently like we watch it. I couldn't like I can't watch a race more intently than I already do. When you have to watch the very fine, finite little details in order to make a race good for you. That's not a good product. Can I tell you what bothers me about NBC too? Um, during green flag runs, they don't do a race off pit road. And that's very hard to follow a pit strat, like a green flag pit strategy race too. I right, wish like who's coming out in front. Like, yeah. Like I who's agree. making yeah. up ground on, on, uh, on pit road there. Like, cause they'll do it for, you know, yellow flag pit stops and stuff. I want to know the finishing order as they're coming out. I feel like that would probably help at least to explain some of this fine detail strategy racing where at least you're like, oh, okay, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. just made up three spots coming out here, so he's going to cycle in a little bit. Like, I feel like maybe they just dropped the ball a little bit on this one because, like, like Eric said, you know, this had a little bit of everything, but it wasn't like, really enough of anything to really yeah, yeah. to really like stand out you know what i mean was steve was steve Latart in the booth yesterday yeah he was yeah okay. it was just okay i don't know man i think like like denny hamlin was on a different strategy than everybody else but i feel like everyone else was kind of just like who's gonna pit quickest in the pit window and then hopefully you jump out and, and you get a good stop and if you don't get a good stop then you're fucked and, and that's exactly what happened to denny like denny should have won that race with his pit strategy. Like he was doing a real strategy race and then his pit crew like lost it for him in the second week in a row, you know? So like, I don't know. I was just shocked. I was shocked. I did not like it at all. Yeah. I was shocked because on Twitter all day Sunday, like I saw people echoing our sentiments and then all day today, it was people saying like, what a great race it was even on, on YouTube, the iceberg, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people watching this probably have seen the icebergs video. He does a community page too. And I like his poll a little bit better than Gluck's because he gives five, he gives, um, five options. He goes great, good average, below average and bad 11,000 people voted in this poll. 17% said great. 53% said good. 22 said average, 4% said below average, and 3% said bad. Well, so what are we missing? I I don't know. What are we missing? Maybe because maybe they're, maybe they're smarter fans than us and they were paying more attention to it. I don't know. Like maybe I went in with a bad mindset because like I was working outside all day and I was tired and I laid down. But I legit like I wanted to take a nap for the first time watching a race in but three again, years. Like we're not negative guys. No, we want, we, we want these races to be good. We don't all day today, just a little peek behind the curtain all day today. All three of us were like, Oh, we're not really looking forward to recording tonight because we have to talk about that bum ass race that we watched yesterday. Yeah. Why? Like, that's not the way our, we don't want to have that type of attitude, but like yesterday's race wasn't good. I know what I saw and everyone's entitled to their opinion. I, I'm never going to try to change anyone else's opinion, but and, like, and we're the three biggest champions of, of Pocono Raceway, which is one of the ultimate, you know, uh, strategy races right. of the year. You know, like we love strategy racing. At least I thought I did. Maybe I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know? I mean, it makes me wonder too, you know, how Gluck always, you know, says, or, or not Gluck says, but, you know, oh, the if Chase Elliott wins, is the poll going to be higher from week to week? 
So now while you guys were there discussing that, I thought in my head real quick, did they say, yes, it was a good race because there's a big group of people that don't want to see a Truex or a Blaney get into the playoff playoff. or yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe they're all like, maybe like, okay, there wasn't a new winner and they're both the points battle between them are still there. They both still have an opportunity to get in there. So maybe they were just following that. Oh, no new winner. Good race. My driver's still in the hunt for the playoffs. Good race. You know what I mean? I I don't know. I I wonder too. If if you're listening to this show, do us, please do us a favor. And I'm I'm serious. Like not, we're not going to bust your balls. We're not. I genuinely want to know if you liked the race yesterday, can you please comment as, on, on the YouTube page as to why you liked it? Like because what about I would, it? I would love to understand why people like this race. I just personally don't see it. Maybe it's because I haven't slept in two weeks. I don't know. Maybe that's it. But like, I haven't had a problem with the other races. I had a sleepless night last night. I tell you what, I woke up at two in the morning. I didn't fall back asleep until five. I was just thinking about that eight car and how bad he did. But um, no, well, I was going to say, what, what, did, why did you realize there's a lot of grass at Watkins Glen? No, there is a lot of grass at Watkins Glen. No, uh, I was wondering though, like maybe it's because we did see a pass for the lead. So Kevin Harvick did take, take the lead in a pass on the outside, which I thought was pretty cool. And then we did see a little bit of a battle at the end there where it was like, oh, can Chris Busher take this? And then all of a sudden, like Christopher Bell is kind of coming out of nowhere and he's catching up. Can he catch up? So that was exciting near the end. The third stage is definitely the best stage. But if Joey Logano just ran away with it, I mean, he led 225 laps or something ridiculous like that. 222. Uh, the 22, 22 led 222 laps, I think was the stat I saw. Yeah. So like if he won the race, are we still like, is this, are that many people saying it was good? Or was it because like, you know, you had a guy kind of running away with it and then all of a sudden he didn't like someone, someone tried a little bit different strategy and got there. Like, yeah, I guess that's a strategy race. Like a guy won it on strategy, but is the whole race as a whole a strategy race or just, I I guess, I guess I can see the two reasons why people might've, might've said it was a good enjoyable race is one, the Chris Busher, you know, trying to run down the leader, you know, towards the end there. But like my rebuttal to that is like, he never got, he never threatened. He never got close enough to make no. it like super interesting. Like, yeah, he was there, and yeah, that's a new face hunting down the leader. But like, he, he, he wasn't like got, he never got there and made it like super interesting. That's why the first Richmond was better because the ending, the strategies worked out to the point where like, okay, now here we are. We have an actual Battle. will he catch him scenario, you know? And like, it, it played out the way it should have. And like, I almost wish now we got the same exact race we got in the other Michigan or Richmond race. I mean, we almost did with Christopher Bell. Like I mentioned earlier, if that race went another three or four laps, we might have seen another chase down and maybe we're all sitting here singing a different tune, but everything leading up to the up to the last 30 laps of the race in, in my mind was dull and I can't, you know, just because the last 30 laps were semi entertaining it doesn't do it for me. It doesn't justify me saying, Hey, okay, maybe that was a good race. Yeah. Regardless, like, like you, I gave it a C minus. Originally I was going to be at a D, but I was like, you want to know what the ending was pretty interesting. Uh, the thing that kills me though. Um, and I say this to you guys all the time, whenever we get, uh, like, Oh, there's going to be a big news announcement on Tuesday. And we all start like, start texting each other. Like, Oh, could it be this? Could it be this? And we get excited. And then I take a pause and go, 
we like long buildups and disappointing drops. Like it's always this big buildup and then a disappointing drop. I feel like that's what Richmond was. It was this buildup and then a disappointing drop. And like, that was it. It was over. Kevin right. Harvick's your winner. Really cool well, that he won two weeks in a row. Um, I thought it was interesting. Kevin Harvick went from a uh, out out of the playoffs. Is he washed and ready to retire? To may, now, may never win again. May never win again. Now he wins two races in a row. And is he a legitimate championship threat at this point? Like it's it, it like is kind of crazy. Week, look at Ford. Yeah. When I asked that question, is Ford is this? It was this fuel for their fire. And look at what Ford did at Richmond. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Were they holding something back? You yeah, know, he, did they did they have to use it a little early to get themselves into the playoffs with Harvick? Maybe they didn't want to use whatever they had, that little, um, you know, tool to get them over that edge. But, like, man, like, Ford, like, not only Harvick winning back-to-back, is that that's crazy with the, you know, the way that everything's been going. Well, not crazy because he has been, you know, running consistent. Okay. But, I mean – it's it just Ford out of nowhere. Just like we thought Ford was just done for like yeah. especially Blaney has been running well. Logano has been non-existent. Harvick's been non-existent. And now here we are crunch time right before the playoffs. Did they pull their little trick out and did they have to do it earlier than they, than they wanted to? Maybe, maybe like, like, like I'll go back to that stat that I mentioned before, going back to the last 15 races, going back to the, uh, to the Bristol dirt race on Easter, you know, the number three, rated driver is as far as best average finish in the last 15 races it's kevin harvick, kevin harvick. 11.8 yeah. you know how many top tens kevin harvick has in the last 15 races tons 10 10 yeah 10 only five times in the last 15 races did he finish outside the top 10 it's been building with him right and we're all surprised including myself over the past two weeks like holy shit where'd he come from but if we're paying it if we really are maybe moody's right maybe we aren't paying close enough attention because well, he's been building this up. He's been building this up, and now he's starting to rip off wins, and it's scary. As a Chase Elliott fan, it's scary because Kevin Harvick, the closer, is coming on, on, on at the right time right now, and, uh, and that should terrify the rest of uh, the rest of the uh, the field right now. If, uh, if you go back and li- pay attention to this podcast a couple weeks ago, I did defend Kevin Harvick. I, I believe, Matt, you said top 10s aren't good enough in this playoff system. Uh, and getting in and I said I don't know he's running super consistent he's in the back half of the top 10 but he's consistently there we're just not really talking about him because he's not in the top five I'm just saying I really don't think the speed might be I, I just think a lot of people and this has been happening all year long as well where people take advantage of other people's failures yeah like look at Denny Hamlin the last two weeks, he should have two more wins. And we're not talking about a, a comeback by Ford or Kevin Harvick right now. No, that's you know true. What I mean? So that's like, true. I think I, he's still consistent. Don't get me wrong. It's still been building, but I think every team or quote unquote manufacturer or organization has reaped the benefits of someone else's like shit Failures, days or yeah. terrible mistakes. Yes. And I feel like it's been like that this whole entire season. And uh, we'll kind of get into it in the pickling's, I think. Um, but before we get too deep into Ford, Ford is my checkers. So do you guys want to jump right into the checkers and wreckers? Let's do it. 
But uh, yeah, my my checkers is Ford as a whole, especially over the last two weeks. Harvick ran great this weekend. Of course, he won, and he won last weekend. Uh, Joey Logano absolutely dominated most of the day. Chris Buescher had a run at the end there, and he was in the top 10 for most of the day, as well as Brad Keselowski, who like we haven't seen much of except for here and there. He was running really well yesterday, too. So I don't know, like Eric said, like maybe maybe they're hitting on something that they didn't want to show until they got to the playoffs. But at the same time, then he said the same thing, like just thinking about what you said a couple of minutes ago, you know, sometimes it's capitalizing on other teams' bad days. Like if Harvick didn't win these last two weeks and Denny Hamlin did, then we'd still be on the train we were at three weeks ago where we're like, oh man, Toyota's hitting on all cylinders. Cause I think I gave Toyota as a whole my checkers like three or four weeks ago. But, but at the same time, is it just the new car where like everyone's showing flashes at different times? We had different pockets. Like we had the we had the Chevys in the beginning of the season, then yeah. we had the Toyotas come on, and now the Fords are coming on. And and that's gonna bring me to a point that we're gonna cover in the pick lane debate when it comes to uh do we have a championship contender at this point? Like, is there a championship favorite? We'll jump into that later on. But that's my checkers. I know it's weird. I'm giving mine uh, before you guys. Usually I let you guys give yours first. It's throwing me off. Uh, but my wreckers. <sighs> Got to give it to the eight car, man. Woo, oof, what a day. Um, this spun early, saved it. Uh, but then they put like, I don't know about this call, man. They put like scuffs on from qualifying the day before. I think that was a bad move. Just got trapped laps down and just got worse and worse. I, I swear to God in the third stage, I don't know what happened, but he went from like three laps down to eight laps down. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Just a, an awful day. You and, know that eight whitey up to have to do that too. Oh, yeah, like was he was awful. probably thinking about it all day. Like I can't believe I have to wreck the eight. Like God damn but it! Like like the worst day. Like and you want to know what? And then Austin Dillon still finished like a lap down, but he finished in like fourteenth or whatever. I'm like they swapped because usually it's like Reddick's running up front, and then Austin Dillon's getting like twenty eighth or 29th. Like it just oh bad day for RCR as a whole. Not a great you day for what, Chevy though? to be honest with you though. You, you know what though too is um whitey i know you you weren't gonna watch any of the pre-race yeah but they were all high on reddick and i know they were too. steve letart picked him to win for the same yeah. reason i picked him to win too because i was like oh he's running that paint scheme he's on fire yeah. in that paint scheme you want to yep. know why they had the flower to the hood they adjusted the paint scheme it threw off all the uh the the flow of everything um but yeah that's my checkers and wreckers i, I mean that's about it how about uh? How about you? Uh, we'll start with Matt because right, Eric went first for the, the grades. So uh, yeah, Matt, what's your um? So my checkers goes to we we briefly touched on it before that battle between the eighteen and forty five. That was a lot of fun. Like like I it said was. before, you know, I, I had a hard time finding. You know, there were moments, brief flashes here and there throughout the race which brought my race grade up a little bit. This was one of those moments because we had, we had, it kind of felt like a passing of the torch moment in NASCAR history, right? Like mm -hmm. we might be able to look back on those, whatever, 10 laps uh, and say, wow, that's really where it happened right there because all signs are pointing towards uh, the possibility of Ty Gibbs jumping into that 18 car, which Kyle Busch pilots right now. Yeah. Um, 
So, and then the best part about it is, and they they did mention it on the broadcast, was like, you know, this is getting under KB's skin that Ty was like out dueling him there. Like, even if like, even if he is good with Ty Gibbs and all that, like, you know, that had to have been bothering him as far as a competitive spirit. Oh, you know? for so, sure. But, but it was an excellent battle. You know, they were just side by side for lap after lap after lap. And it was just really, really fun to watch that. Yeah, that was definitely probably... Yeah, definitely my favorite part of that race. Um, that was the probably the most excited the whole vibe of the garage was as well. Um, watching that go back and forth because at one point in time, um, Kyle Busch, you know, he he hit the back bumper of Ty, and Ty came back yeah. and hit the back bumper of Kyle, <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, this kid ain't playing around, man. Like he's not gonna get bullied out here, and I think that's like, you know, to circle back around to Noah coming in in that 42 car as my teammate for next year. Like, I think this attitude that some of these younger kids have of not being intimidated by some of these cup veterans and not necessarily, I think Ross Chastain is a scapegoat for these young guys. Ross Chastain is almost paving the way for what not to do as a Ty Gibbs or a Noah Gregson coming up into the cup series. And like, He's almost giving them a, a a a a lesson in how to enter the Cup Series and and when you run well in the Cup Series and how to act. So, um, yeah, that was that was probably one of the one of the most exciting, like thrilling parts of the race. Like you said, Matt, I thought about changing my grade as well because as I look back, some of the runs on the high side that some of these people had, like Logano, especially coming off and. There were some flashes, but not enough consistent ones for me to change my grade. But yeah, that forty-five and uh, eighteen battle was uh, was something we're gonna Could look back on for imagine sure. Imagine a scenario where Ty Gibbs punts Kyle Busch out of the way, wrecks him, and now you have these two literally fist fighting, <laughs> and the fact that it's gonna be, they're, they're getting into each other's cars. It would be like going back to when. Uh, when uh, Dale Jr. came in and took Kyle Busch's spot at Hendrick Motorsports, yeah. like that yeah. whole debacle again. Oh my God, we almost had a part two of that. I just uh, I feel like if you're Kyle Busch, he's what 36, 37 years old. I feel like you can't hit a 19 year old kid. I don't know. Like, I feel like that's just a bad look. Like, like Kyle Busch, like Kyle Busch is a tall dude. You know, like I feel like Ty Gibbs is just like this frail little boy. You know, jumping into like the ring with like the veteran. You know, I don't know, man. It's a big boy sport. Like, if you're gonna be oh, up there yeah. battling with them and you want to start shit, like you got to be willing to back yourself. You got to be willing to defend yourself as well. You know what it reminds? Uh, you know what? If you're in that situation, you just do like you just do some subtle. Like, as he's leaving his interview from like you know Jamie Little or something, he goes to walk away. Stick your foot out, trip him, make him <laughs> fall on camera, look like an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, do it. <laughs> Something real subtle to get back at him. Yeah, like in Ty's getting interviewed by Bob Hawkers, you come over and you flick him in the ear yeah, and just yeah, keep walking by. Flick, like, oh, don't you dare, don't you dare pass me like that on the track again. Ah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You know what it kind of reminded me of? Uh, Kurt Busch tells the story all the time when, uh, when he got in a close encounter with Dale Earnhardt in one of his first starts and Earnhardt just like, flipped them off and was like, don't you do that again? You know, it's like one of those learning lesson type right. deals, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe in 15 years, Ty D- or Ty Gibbs will be talking about the time that, uh, that Kyle Bush humbled him 
or I'm sure I'm sure they talked about it in the uh, the bus lot there. Uh, he was actually just on the uh, the Dale Jr. download. It was a pretty good interview. He tell he talked about um, Kyle Bush giving him advice when it comes to talking to the media. Uh, you remember like it was right. Right after Daytona, he said, he said like, oh, this isn't even real racing. It pissed a lot of people off. Kyle Busch is like, buddy, you gotta, you gotta like calm down a little bit, like relax. Even with some of the, the bump and runs he's done and like running over people, he's like, you gotta relax a little bit, which is interesting to hear Kyle Busch being like, hey, you know, maybe be, be a little bit nicer on the track. Kind of, kind of ridiculous if you think about it. But, uh, how about your, um, your wreckers? My records goes to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Um, that move that he made. So he went to go pit. He, I guess he was carrying way too much momentum. Realized he wasn't going to pass over the commitment box. Uh, so he went to go back on track. Yeah. But he ran right into the side, the rear, the rear left corner panel of the 19 of Martin Truex Jr. And I don't know. I just we've been saying all season how Ricky's been running a lot cleaner. He's been getting a lot yeah. better. He's been running good races for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and the equipment that he's in. And that was just a boneheaded truck series rookie type yeah. of move that he had. Like, like we saw those type of egregious moves and made fun of uh, Rick Ware racing drivers. Quinn Hauf was famous for doing stupid shit like that over the past couple of years. And so I just feel like we can't uh, let Ricky escape here because – Listen, he's a veteran of the sport now. Like he's been a cup regular for he's got to be in year eight or nine or or even maybe year he's ten. Close to that, he's an Xfin- two-time Xfinity Series champion. Right. You know, right. like he's he's got, he's got talent. He's got like he's got the veteran. He's not presence. Ty Gibbs making his fourth start in the Cup Series. You know, like right, exactly, exactly. And that was just a stupid. I don't, you know, it was on him. But like, where's his spotter in that moment too? Like, I realize it happened in the split of a, I think a, in the split of a second. So you can't really put too much on the spotter there. I but think like, he Ricky, locked up his brakes a little bit and that yeah. made him super tight and launched him kind of back onto track. Uh, I, I think just, it made it worse though that it was the 19. It was, that it was, was just, the whole thing. it was like bad. That 19, he's fighting, you know, he needs to win there. He's on, you know, he, this is one of his most important races of the year right here. And you, you, you can't have something like that happen. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously not Truex's fault, but like, it just seems like stuff like that has been happening to these uh, Gibbs drivers where, you know, like even from the beginning with the engine stuff and they were overheating and, you know, it just seems like, man, they just can't catch a break here when they have Bush getting wiped out last week when, um, when JJ Yaley lost, lost, wrong place, wrong time for these guys when, that can't be happening. Kyle, right Kyle Bush getting wrecked out this week, you know, because yeah. Ross Chastain came up a little bit. He he locked his brakes up too a little bit, I think, and got tight. And then, you know, just people putting themselves in places that they shouldn't be putting themselves that early into races too. You know, it's like right. there's a time and place for this kind of stuff. Like maybe, maybe relax a little bit, you know. Um, But how about you, Eric? What's your uh, checkers and records for the weekend? Uh, my checkers goes to Christopher Bell um, because he kind of yeah. saved that race at the end there for everybody. Um, dude had a bad, fast car. Uh, he spun, saved it, kept it out of the wall, and uh, fought back hard. He just been having um, a really good momentum swing lately. I just feel like out of the uh, you know Toyota guys, he's been up there running. He's probably been the best JGR 
um, car. And, you know, we're coming up on another road course here at Watkins Glen where, you know, he could maybe keep that momentum going. Um, I just have to give him credit for what he's done uh, for me lately. And, and, and Seabell just, uh, you know, he had, he had a shot, like we said, like maybe five more laps, he could have maybe cleared that, that, that four car. Um, and then my wreckers, um, it was even tough to find a wreckers. Um, and it, it was funny. Jay was coming over my buddy and he's a Kyle Bush fan and he's, walking up my my yard to the garage and we're all yelling oh my god Kyle Bush of the wall oh. <laughs> you know what I mean like busted I'm like yeah and so as he's coming because the one week he actually did hit the wall when he pulled up and he was coming <laughs> up and um he's like no way Jay's going no way he goes Rowdy's winning this today Rowdy's winning this today his grandma's there his grandma's here today he's winning the yeah. grandma and then they had this whole little thing like where they're showing him like with his grandma, she's sitting in the car and like doing this whole big thing. And we're dying laughing because Jay's just like, nope, how, do you, how he's definitely winning this race. Routing the AT car, grandma's here. He's not losing this race. Yeah. And then he goes out there, he gets spun out. He's going <laughs> out he was, I'm just like, oh my God, in front of grandma, Kyle Bush, you're going to race like this in front of grandma. Come on, well, get it together, Kyle I mean, Bush. Isn't that such the thing, though? When you were kids, I don't know if it happened to you, but like you're doing something cool and you want to show your mom. You're like, mom, come check it out. Come check it out. Like you're making like free throws or something. And then you just start bricking them all of a sudden, like, no, yeah, I swear, yeah. I was doing really good. I was on fire. And now I'm like trying to show you, like, or like I'd play guitar. I'm like, oh, this is a song you just learned. And then you play it all fucking wrong and terrible. Maybe, you know? maybe grandma had uh, Kyle Bush a little flustered being in He did. He did. He wanted to live for grandma <laughs> and uh, it ended up biting him in the ass. But Matt, didn't you say you had some stats about Christopher Bell for, uh, for the checkers? Yeah, I did. So just to kind of back up what Eric was saying. Uh, Christopher Bell is on a run, and guys, I promise this is the last time I'll bring up this stat. But again, going back to the last 15 races of the season, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, I um, like this. I, I do too. I think it's a it's it pinholes a lot of really cool stats, and it really shows who's been consistent over these last 15 races heading into the playoffs. So essentially, the the second half of the regular season, and uh, you've got Chase Elliott with the best average finish at a 9.5, and then who's number two right behind him? Christopher Bell with an 11.2 average finish. Nice. He's got six top fives, nine top tens. He's led 151 laps. Of course, he's got that win. Um, he does have a DNF, which actually drags down that 11.2 average finish a little, a little more. So, so that 11.2 might be even a little bit better without that DNF. So he's been a top, I don't know, three, four best cars over the last stretch of races here. And, um, I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I think he's going to have something to say about about the, who's going to win the championship this year. I really, really do. I think, um, too, I, I don't remember if I texted you guys this or I thought about it because uh, I definitely did think about it yesterday because as he was coming back, I'm like, man, like when Christopher Bell really gets it, he's going to be unstoppable. Like when some of these guys start retiring and it's like his time to shine. Like, I think he's, he's probably going to be like a multi-time champion. I feel like, cause he's still real young. He's what? 26 years old, something like that. Like he's got a long career ahead think, of him. Think about, think about the young guns that legitimately have a legitimate chance of winning championships and multiple championships. I mean, you've got Tyler Reddick, yeah. you've got Christopher Bell, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, William Byron, 
Eric Jones, um, yeah. Daniel Suarez, Ross Chastain, like the the sports in re- Ryan Blaney, the sports in really really good hands right now, and uh, it's, it it gets me super excited to think about that. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting once these guys start retiring too, and you start seeing like um, I'm always interested in the fan bases, you know, like going to the track and seeing who's wearing what T-shirts and stuff like that, and, and like I like seeing these guys, like the young guys slowly building their fan base out where you could see it growing every year as you keep coming back to the track. It's, it's really interesting, you know, uh, yeah, because but you've got like, you've got probably what in the next six, seven years, we're going to be losing Kyle Bush, Kurt Bush, Hamlin, uh, Harvick, Eric Almirola is going to be gone. True X junior. True X. Yeah. yeah. These are going to be, we're opening up the door for a lot of wins to, uh, to get spread out throughout these youngsters. It'd be really fun to watch. Yeah, I think uh, a couple of years ago, NASCAR was um, really pushing like uh, the next generation with like Eric Almirola, Austin Dillon, and those guys. And I feel like like those guys are probably the um, like the last generation. And now like these young guys yeah, are going to be the next was part of that too. You yeah, know? it's kind of like like there was like there's like Gen X millennials, and then yeah. like and then uh, it was like. Um, uh, Gen Z or whatever, right. you know, like, like Austin Dillon's the millennials where they're kind of getting forgot about. And now it's Gen Z's really fucking flying up on everybody, you know? So I, I think, I don't know. It's, it's going to be an interesting, uh, 10 years in the sport. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm here for it, you know? Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, you did your records already. It blended together. I forgot because we jumped back. But yeah, that's all I have for pretty much for the race weekend. Do you guys have anything else really to add? We're going to the best road course in yep. the country this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, but first, we got to cover who came in last place. We mentioned in the battle between Ty and uh, and old, Kurt, or, uh, old Kyle there. But Ty Gibbs had his motor blow around lap 180. Uh, everyone loves to talk about the winner. Uh, Kevin Harvick on a Monday, but here on the bumper run podcast, we like to shine a little light on who came in last. And it was Ty Gibbs. I thought he had a really good car. You know, he battled with Kyle Bush. He was, he was running up there. Not sure what happened with the engine. If it was, uh, you know, sometimes these guys can miss a shift and, and then blow a, a blow a rod or whatever. What happened? I didn't see anything online. That's what yet. I was thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking he hasn't been into that car all that often. He's coming in here. I bet like something, you know, Mr. Shift or something along those lines. Yeah. And especially when you're battling with Kyle Bush and, you know, the, the, the stress of that, I, I would imagine maybe, maybe uh, Ty was a little bit too, uh, too much for him this week. Yeah. And like Richmond, he's definitely shifting way more than he has in the last couple of weeks, you know, with, with bigger tracks like that, you know, uh, even Kevin Harvick said um, he missed a shift. And I think he was shifting in like one and two, but not shifting in three and four or something like that. And he got him swapped or something, or he missed a shift on the back stretch. And that's why Christopher Bell was able to gain some, some uh, track position on him there. So like even the veterans are missing it. It's real easy for a guy who's in what is fourth start to, uh, to go out there and maybe uh, miss a couple shifts and, and blow an engine. I don't know if that's exactly what happened. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, Toyota and TRD and Joe Gibbs racing are all looking into that on a Monday, but, uh, yeah, that's all we have for the race weekend, but I got some, uh, some debate questions for you. It's the choose cone is out. It's the pick a lane. You get to choose which side of the aisle you're going on. First question. Do we still want more short tracks? 
You know, this year Martinsville wasn't that great. Richmond, two races, not that great. Um, uh, Bristol dirt. I mean, it's a short track, but it's also dirt. It's different. I don't know if you could judge that. We're going to Bristol soon. Uh, the outcrying of fans over the last couple of years is more short tracks, but we're seeing intermediates kind of being the better races right now. Road course is not that great. Do we keep pushing the, the, the short track line here? What do you guys think? Yes. Yeah. It's the car. Um, you saw with the packages um, that we talked about in years prior, um, how they were trying to create the best racing at multiple styles of tracks that we go to in our sport. They're yeah. not all the same by any means. And, you know, the short tracks they were producing and the intermediates were not. And they tried so many things to get the intermediates to to run well. And and they just didn't they, they never got there. Yeah. So this whole new car is what we have now. And this is year one of this new car. I think we all know what short tracks can produce as far as storylines. They haven't. Um, I just think we wait for the car to catch up and for the drivers to catch up to the car and for how many, how many different tires and tests did Goodyear go through over the years to make a good Martinsville tire, to make a good Bristol tire. They had years yeah. with that package and that race car setup and how they were built to develop these tires. This is year one for Goodyear and this new rim and this new small tire, no inner tire, like give them give, I think they need a little time here to develop this car a little bit better and maybe a tire that um, it better fits this car for short tracks. But I would uh, I would hate to to not get rid of them or, or to think that this is the track's fault more than it's the car not producing to the track. The tracks have always produced. Now we have this car that's not. So I think there's one common denominator here, and it's this car being new. And why we haven't seen the racing being produced at these short tracks. All right. How about yeah, you, Matt? We can't, we can't get rid of short tracks, man. We can't. There's, in my mind, you know, it's it's Bristol and it's Martinsville. Bristol, I know I kind of talked to you guys behind the scenes earlier about what my real favorite track is. And I always say it's Bristol. It's probably a split between Daytona and Talladega. Yeah. In my heart of hearts, the super speedway racing is always going to be my my thing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Give me 36 super speedway races. I love it. But I also love Bristol. And it's easy to forget how good Bristol is with us only going to it once. The, the normal configuration of Bristol once a year now yeah. because it also splits it with the dirt, the dirt race. Um, so it's easy to forget how freaking good Bristol is. It's so damn good, especially under the lights. Um, it's it's one of my favorite races of the of the entire year. Um, Martinsville, I mean, and it's also, you know, listen, this question might be popped up because Richmond was awful, but Richmond doesn't typically race like a short track. It is a short track. It doesn't race like a short track. Yeah, no. Um, Martinsville was a stinker of a race this year, but it also had a lot to do with the temperatures. Um, I, was it like 45, 50 degrees that night? Yeah, it was super uh, cold. Uh, it, was, it was a bad race. So um, I don't know. Yeah, Eric said it good. You know, let's see what they can do to fix the, the, the I don't want to use the term package because we haven't had to say package all year. Um, but let's see what they can do to, to maybe fix fix the short track racing. Let's see what happens when they go to Bristol in a month from now. And uh, let's just wait and see. 
I can't remember if I brought it up on the news last week or the week before. Um, I don't think I did, but I did see pictures of out in California. They're taking down some of the grandstands. So they are moving forward with uh, that reconfiguration to a short track over in Auto Club Speedway. Um, so I am excited to see what happens with that. The The design looked pretty cool. Um, it was almost like a hybrid of Martinsville and Bristol because didn't have higher, higher banks, banks corners, but, but it's a real long thing. straightaways. Yeah. So it does look real interesting. Um, I'm excited to see how that goes. But at the same time, with how good this car was at Auto Club and everywhere else, it's like, man, I, I really do love intermediate racing. And I, I always have liked intermediate racing ever since Eric. I started watching. So um, are we going to rat them out? No, I'm going to wrap myself out. I told you, like, I, I, I don't like short tracks. That's why I've been so anti-North Wilkesboro for the last two years. Like, I really, like, but you want to what? I, then I went back and I looked at all my race grades from last season. Uh, this race, we get, I gave it an A++ last year, the Richmond race in the playoffs, because there was big playoff implications. And uh, I think there was a big battle with Christopher Bell and someone else. So I can't even remember what happened uh, in the spring. I liked the the strategy race once we realized it was a strategy race, and I thought it was pretty good. But like Wait. Martinsville is kind of boring, to be honest with you. To me, you I gave, don't know. You gave Richmond playoff race an A plus plus. I think so. I think I, I I think that's what my notes were from last year. I gave it a, I gave it a D last year. Really? Maybe? Are you sure it wasn't the spring race? No, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Richmond Spring Race last year, I gave a B, and the and the playoff race, I gave a D. Maybe. Um... And then the same thing happened this year, man. the The Spring Race in 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 uh in in Richmond, I gave a B minus, and then this one, I gave a D too. So I don't know. I don't. Hey, my, in the Spring, I gave it a uh, uh, I think a B minus, and this one, I gave a D. So like the Spring versus playoff, it was the same for me. Right. Yeah. Oh man. It's hard to do it on the fly. I'm trying to search my old emails. But regardless, and stuff. Matt, you have like you have a great point where it's and like I'll keep bringing up what have you done for me now? And it's like Bristol and Martinsville having you know that bad race because of the cold weather. Like it's just because we haven't seen the good racing. Like if we saw a great Martinsville, I don't even think this is even a question that short track. Oh no, changed. no. Like, Richmond playoff race last year, I gave a C minus. Um, I go, if we saw some cautions in the final stage, I think it could have been saved. So yeah, no. Okay. So a similar outcome to what we just saw yesterday. Yeah. I think, I think that's just Richmond. Maybe I was looking at, um, maybe I was looking at the Bristol, uh, race from last playoffs. That was probably really great. Regardless, you know, like I think Bristol needs to to get rid of the dirt race. I don't think NASCAR needs to get rid of the dirt race. I think they could recreate that anywhere else they could recreate that bristol dirt track they could stop 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 stop. because that leads me to my next question uh we saw a rumor on twitter break yesterday i'm still not even sure if i want to bring it up because i haven't been able to find the true source but supposedly texas will be destroyed blown up after next season and either reconfigure or track, rebuild. Not the state. Not right? the state. The track. The track. Okay, Texas right. Motor Speedway. If you guys got to choose what you would replace Texas with, what would you do? Because I'll tell you exactly what I would do right now. I I'll would, tell you what I would do. I would get rid of Bristol Dirt, run two Bristol races on the on the concrete, and make a purpose-built dirt track in Texas for 
the dirt race to go to. I agree. And I'll take it one step farther. I say, since we're going hybrid and, and all these racetracks want to be owned by NASCAR and all of this, and we see how Atlanta's hybrid has worked really, really well, right? Yeah. So I think we do an Atlanta hybrid style super speedway race because what is Texas known for? Bigger, the better. We're Texas. Yeah. Everything's bigger in Texas. You do a huge super speedway style race in Texas, but you put a purpose built dirt track in the center of it. You do you you do dirt one time, you could do super speedway another time. This way, you had more super speedway hybrid Atlanta style race. Yeah. And you also you could go there and you have multiple dates out of that. And it's owned by NASCAR. So this is supposed to be a a debate topic, right? And usually because we're also like-minded, we we end up usually agreeing. Yeah. I've got a hybrid between both your ideas that I just thought about. And I've mentioned this in the past. I would like to see a purpose-built dirt road course going back to where NASCAR originated (laughs) from. NASCAR originated on the dirt on the dirt roads and the back roads of, of, of the southern states. So why not make a purpose-built dirt road course down in Texas? Um uh, <laughs> I don't want to see another super speedway. I think I think Atlanta was enough for the hybrid. Uh, but I would like to see like a we nice be a big racetrack. I would like make to it see, a two mile yeah, Michigan. You like, know what I mean? Like, like make an auto club, you know, like right, something I would right. do. I would do that. And I like the idea of having a purpose built dirt track in this, in the center. So you could come back twice and have variety and, at the same and spot. The, 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 the new stadium, you're building a new racetrack yeah. and you want to keep that going all year round. Keep the money coming in. If you have a purpose built dirt track that, you know, the the USACs come through the four ten you you have a, a, a you make that a staple like Eldora and some of these others yeah you you have something there with that no I think that's a cool idea um dirt race dirt road racing I mean it sounds real interesting I don't know can cup cars do that though you know like yes, I feel I think they could way too heavy yeah I you feel think? like I yes. feel Cause like think about dirt was gonna be it's gonna be the same thing as when you if you put a when it rains at a road course it's the same conditions it's just gonna be it's gonna be yeah. super slippery like yeah. you look at like the the rally cars they're all small little focuses that weigh about a thousand pounds or like you know like I mean? they're like stadium super trucks or they're real super light and tiny plus you gotta think like all the dust you're kicking up how, how are you gonna keep that track moist you know like. Do you think they were worried about moist conditions when they were running moonshine? God damn it. <laughs> oh, wait, you had Rocco Pico train going in, missing the jump by a half mile and landing right in the creek. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I I think they're all very interesting ideas, but I I would definitely like to see a purpose-built dirt track. And I want Bristol yeah. to go back yeah. too. That way, that way we're getting our short track and we're getting a dirt short track at the same time, too. You know what I mean? Um, and then the last pick of lane, choose cones back out. I kind of teased it earlier at this point in the season. Do we have a championship favorite? I know chase Elliott's first in points, but is he the championship favorite? Matt, you're shaking I, your head. I, I have my championship four already picked out who I think it's going to be every year. I wrote, I, I fill out a bracket yeah. Um, right before the playoffs start, I'm going to do it again this year. Last year, I nailed my top four. I nailed it. I nailed the champion and everything like that. I think the top four, you have to look at Chase Elliott. You have to look at Kevin Harvick, who is on freaking fire right now. 
I can't, I can't, and I refuse to rule out Denny Hamlin. And I think Ross Chastain, if he can just keep his head on straight yeah. and he can get through all the roadblocks that he's creating himself, can still go out there and get himself to to the championship four. So I, I like a variety of one of those four to win the championship this year. How about you, Eric? You think we have a, a championship favorite yet, or no? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, Chase has obviously stayed atop of that point standing so you got to respect that and give credit where credit's due where holding that down means you've been the most consistent you've been up there you've you know obviously have the most uh race wins as well so well, plus he's um, gonna get the regular season uh the regular season championship points the extra right. points that, that is mean, a nice you, you just look at yeah. that as a whole statistically yes you look at stat wise yes is there a favorite definitely by far that he chases the favorite but if you take the season as a whole, like we've said this show, there's been so many clumps of different so ups and unpredictable. downs yeah. that like you just, it, it, it is very still unpredictable. So I trust my gut, my intuition um, quite often, almost probably 95% of the time. And right now my gut's telling me that this is still really wide open and yeah. don't settle on anything because of how as a whole you look at it, it's just been so up and down. Dude, you can almost make make a case for like not only those four guys that I have in my top four right now, but you can make a case Kyle Larson can come out of nowhere. Uh, Christopher Bell's racing like a like a maniac. Joey Logano can come out of nowhere. You I was gonna say Joey Logano is always like a sleeper to get into the round of four. You know, yep. like he's just always there for the championship four. Even last year, like I feel like he didn't have much of a season and he was still there at the end, you know? He's good at those plate races. He he has people that are willing to push with him and work with him at those plate races. And when you when you have that, you know, reputation of going up there and being able to win those races and run up front, you have him at cutoff races you have a shot. And, yeah. and I think Logano at some of these racetracks we do go to, as long as he kind of stays out of trouble as well. And, and there is a little bit of speed in his car. He knows how to really bring a 10th place car home to victory lane. Like th th there's, there's no one other. Like I used to get so mad at Jimmy Johnson was good at doing that as well. Like not having a winning car, but coming home and, and, and being in the top three, top five with a 10th or a, a, a 15th place car. Like, he just has that knack for like getting it done in, in those situations. So I, I don't rule out any of those people either, Matt, that you, you, you nailed it with like those people you talk about. And, and, and I'm all about what are you doing now? And, 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 and that momentum and bell with the momentum Ford and Harvick and Logano momentum, you know, like I'm nervous for William, William Byron. I'm nervous for Alex Bowman. Like yeah. I'm nervous for some of these guys that, that really haven't, and, and even Whitey, like not to make you any nervous, but but even Tyler Reddick, like That's the thing, you know, like you hope two... you get these cobwebs out, but I, yeah. I I like momentum going into the playoffs, and Kyle you know, Bush, you know, what kind of shot does he have realistically right, right, right. now? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think there is a real championship favorite besides right. Chase being so consistent. You know, like because that, that doesn't mean anything though, necessarily. Right, exactly. exactly. That's where that's I'm what, coming from. Like, it that's means something saying, like, like to look at. Cause like you, honestly, if I had to lean one way or another, and it pains me as a Chase Elliott fan to say this, Harvick has been pretty freaking not only consistent, but now he's winning races yeah. at the right time, and that's what it's all about. Things get that's when things get dangerous, right you know. 
But at the same time, like you look at Kyle Busch having two bad races in a row. You look at Tyler Reddick having two bad races in a row. You have that happen in one round of the playoffs and you're out. You're done, you know, and that's that's just the nature of the beast of these playoffs. And, and that's why I look at this grid. I'm like, no one besides Chase Elliott has more than two wins. I'm like, it's just so spread out. It, it's like, how do you even predict it? You know? I don't know. It's way different from years past. Yeah. Way different. And way you know different. what? I'm here for it. I'm excited yeah. for it. I think it's going to be super interesting. Uh, it's, it just makes things really nerve wracking when you, when you're a fan of one of these guys in the playoffs too, because like you said, you know, I'm thinking like, man, Tyler, Eric had two real bad races in a row. You know, uh, I'm, I'm hoping they have a good piece for, for Watkins Glenn. That's the last thing he said on the radio. He goes, we got a car for next week. So I got the faith, but, but yeah, it's just, it, it, it's, it's heating up in the summertime. But uh, speaking of Watkins Glen, that's where we're heading this weekend. We're heading to the Finger Lake wine country of New York for Watkins Glen Xfinity on track Saturday, 3 p.m. on USA for the NASCAR Xfinity Series race at Watkins Glen. I guess they didn't get a sponsor for this year. And uh, Sunday, 3 p.m. Cup on track on USA for the GOAT Bowling at the Glen um, to recap our picks from last week, I picked Martin Truex Jr. to win Richmond because I thought he had to. Uh, he did not. He got me 31 points. Uh, Eric picked Ryan Blaney to win Richmond because we thought he has to, and he got you 38 points. Uh, Matt with the big winner, the most points you could get. He picked Denny Hamlin. He got you 50 points. That also put you within five points of the lead Daytona, I'm coming for that ass Uh-oh. Eric I'm da- coming for that ass. Daytona Ron's got 759 points Matt's got 754 and I am rounding out the rear with 703 but we got Daytona coming up and if you guys get wrecked out early and my guy gets you know a win or something in Daytona I could be right back in that playoff hunt too so uh things are getting exciting in our uh three-way uh battle for the point system too. Uh Matt, did the uh the lines come over for DraftKings yet? You yeah, want to give that did. a check? Yes, they did. So um the lines are are brought to you by DraftKings like they always are. Uh the top 10 to win at Watkins Glen. A lot of surprising people l- low on this list. So to round out the top 10 uh in favorites is Christopher Bell and Daniel Suarez, both plus 1,800. I really like those odds for both of those guys who are solid, yeah. solid road course guys. Uh, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch at both plus 1,500. Again, both of those guys. I mean, Denny specifically, I really like those odds. Then you've got Ryan Blaney at plus 1,200. Uh, Austin Sindrick plus 1,000. Martin Truex Jr., Ross Chastain also plus 1,000. And then you've got your top three favorites, according to DraftKings, Kyle Larson at plus 900. And then Whitey, me and you, buddy, Tyler Reddick at plus 600, and then Chase Elliott, your slight favorite favorite at plus 500. So it is going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. I cannot wait for this race on Sunday. See, I'm sad to see those numbers. Vegas is finally paying attention to Tyler Reddick at road courses because the last two, uh, if you bet on them earlier in the week before uh, practice and qualifying, he was plus 2,000. Uh, so I mopped or no, it was plus a thousand last time. So I mopped up during those ones, but, uh, since I'm going first, uh, I'm going, they had two rough weekends, but the last thing, like I said, he said on the radio, 
He goes, we got a car for next week and we'll show him what we could do. So I'm putting my faith in Randall Burnett mostly and Tyler Reddick to execute. I'm picking Tyler Reddick for the win at Watkins Glen. Oh, I'm up next. Oh, you're up. Yeah, um, Eric. You know, he got me 44 points last road course that I picked him at. And it just so happens that, you know, this manufacturer is starting to heat up a little bit. Um, not on your list by any means, but he's a sneaky road course racer. And I, I, I'm I'm almost certain he has any as he, good of a shot as any. The number thirty four that loves Michael yeah. McDowell. Oh, great, great pick! That's a great pick. I thought you were gonna pick uh, Ryan Blaney because he got you forty four points in Nashville. It was right above the line on Road America. That's what I looked at. I was like, oh man, okay, Michael McDowell. All right, I would have went with Blaney on that one. So, Eric, you said something there that intrigued me a little bit. You said the manufacturer that you, of the guy you picked, Ford, is on is is doing good, and uh, they're rolling right now. And that's why it makes me want to pick Ford this week as well. So, not not so fast, my friend. <laughs> until until proven otherwise, there is a king in upstate New York, and he goes by the name of Chase Frickin' Elliott. The number nine is going to find victory lane again this weekend. And here we go because we've got momentum on our side. He's going to win the, the, the regular season championship this weekend as well. And uh, we're going to go into the playoffs ready to go. The number nine wins again up in Watkins Glen. All right. It should be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, definitely uh, the best road course in the, in the season. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I know Matt and uh, Eric agree. It's the fastest road course we go to. We're 24 races in. We have 15 different winners. Austin Cinder, Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, Chase Briscoe, William Byron, Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Kurt Busch, Daniel Suarez, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, and Kevin Harvick all locked into the playoffs at this moment. Can Michael McDowell win and make it 16? And knock Martin Truex Jr. and Ryan Blaney out, making a must-win situation at Daytona. Can Chase Elliott get his, what, fourth win at Watkins Glen? Or will Tyler Reddick get his third road course win in a row? We will find out this Sunday, 3 p.m. on USA for the gold bowling at the Glen, and we will break it all down for you right here Monday night on the Bump and Run podcast for Matt the Statman Riley, for Eric Daytona Ron. I'm Michael D. White saying have a good night. The Bump and Run! There it is!